Blog Talk Radio. and around the world, streaming live on the internet, it's Real Estate Coaching Radio, bringing you the latest news, interviews, and secrets of the top producers. Hosted by award-winning real estate coaches, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back, and here we are again, broadcasting live from lovely Austin, Texas, on a cold, rainy day here in Texas. So, we want to thank all of you for helping us reach our goals for the first two weeks of broadcasting, and we are really exceeding our goals in the number of unique listens. And please do everything in your power to help us to continue getting the word out about this radio show. So remember, your homework from today's radio show and every, every radio show thereafter will be to let a few people, at least a few people, know about this radio show and how it's helping you. So I'm very excited about today and probably tomorrow's radio show because it's really, frankly, all about motivation. And motivation is something that's motivational <laughs> to talk about. So it's easy to be motivated when you're talking about motivation because the points that Julie and I are about to share with you are, wait for it, wait for it, motivational. So we're going to start here in a second. But before we do, of course, I always like to get a story from Julie. Julie, I've been busy on coaching calls uh, pretty much all day. Literally, Julie just hang, hung up the phone with another one of her breakthrough clients, someone that's hired her to be her personal one-on-one coach. Um, so, Jules, I'm always curious, your personal experiences, and of course, I've had a lot from uh, my personal coaching calls in the past few days that you'd like to share with our listeners before we get to today's topic. And by the way, sorry uh, to omit this, the topic of today's show is how to get unstuck. How to get unstuck, and we've all been stuck at some point, or we're stuck in one aspect of our lives when we're doing great in other aspects. So the points today will probably also be the same points we talk about tomorrow, about how to get unstuck. It's a great, great topic. Really want to pay attention to this. We've uh, Obviously, we've presented material like this before many, many, many times. And I have to say, this, is always, uh, this always seems to be something that people really get a lot from. We usually get the most testimonials and whatnot after we do a presentation like this. So stay tuned for the live presentation. But before we do, Ms. Julie Harris, share with us one of your personal coaching stories. We'll call it Julie's Coaching Corner, or we can call it Coaching from the Edge, or whatever you want to call your little section here. Go for it. Sure. Well, I, the one that comes to mind is one of my most fresh calls from today, and it was from one of my Central California agents. And we were setting his goals for April. We were talking about, you know, March is already pretty much set. You've got a couple more weeks to maybe get a deal or two back in the hopper. But really, we need to be thinking what's happening in April, which is incredible to think about. But how much (laughs) does he need to make in April? And so there's a whole lot of levels to this type of call. One is, are you even thinking about April, right? Because here we are, it's easy not to. It's easy to think about this weekend or next week or what about my closing on Friday. So the top producer thinks one to two months ahead, maybe even 90 days ahead by and large. So we talked about the difference between an ordinary agent and a top producer largely is in how you think, how you plan ahead, how cognizant you are of your financial goals. So we're talking about, well, you know, if I get this deal and that deal, maybe it can come together. Well, so we changed his mindset to what do you need to earn based on your business plan? Not what might you earn based on what you have on your plate this second. See the difference? Why did you shift it like that, Julie? Why did you do a shift like that? Why well, was it important easy, that he focus on his actual yeah. plan? 
Well, if you start with the end in mind and you know what you need to do, then the next step is to look at what you have in front of you, which would be your lead follow-up, leads you can count on, et cetera, and then you know what's the difference between those two. So, for example, we determined that he needs to do four transactions in April to achieve his financial goals. Well, he's got enough leads to do one, maybe two for sure. So isn't it a lot more comforting to know that you've got to do two deals? You've got six weeks to put two new deals together. Well, let's think about this too. spinning your wheels, trying to get whatever you've got in front of you maybe to stick, and then that's what you'll end up earning. There's a difference between starting with the end in mind and just kind of hoping that your deals come together. Right. I mean, it's the difference. Excellent and great point. So if you dig a little deeper on this, guys, if you specifically, if, you know, let's say you're on the coaching call with Julie and she asks you what your goals are for not March because March is kind of in the bag and we're talking about April, maybe May, and you just throw well, out some, let me, you know, let me throw out a caveat too. One of the reasons we're thinking April is because he already has three deals closing in March, so I know he's okay for March. So I'm right. getting him to think about April instead of just his March deals staying together. That's right. Makes perfect sense. And then she drew it back to what are his specific written down goals that were in his business plan. Because by doing that, what he's a number one he's going to see is that hey, guess what? I'm doing it. I'm actually doing what I set out to do. And then the the goals that he makes for himself for the following month are not just you, you know they're not just goofy goals. They're basically goals that he's actually written down that he actually has reasons behind accomplishing so it's sort of like when you know when julie and i do live events and we ask the audience what their goal in real estate is financial goals and they always throw out you know these usual sort of canned answers that they heard someone else say so they're going to kind of adopt those goals or the other question we like to ask is why did you get into real estate in the first place you know and then if the new if new agents are in the audience they're the only ones that are really being honest they're going to say, because I wanted to make money, because nobody else would hire me, because right. I didn't want, I want to have to, to have a boss. Job. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. I got laid off my old job. I mean, those are the honest answers. And then after they've been in real estate for like 60 days, then it's like, oh, I want to do great customer service, or I want to have all these other things. So really, the original goals that all of us had when we got into business are the ones that really should still be driving us prominently. Because think about this. Your goal of being a business owner is to make a profit but, you know, whether you're doing it or not, that's a different conversation. But it has to be to make a profit. And that and profit is not a bad word. Profit is what you have to be focusing on. And all the other things come after that. So if I ask you what is your product, it's not happy customers. It's not houses sold. It's not listings. It's not buyers. It's profit. Get clear about that. Accept that. Embrace it. By the way, all those other things have to happen, too, in order for you to make a profit. But if you literally are not focused on making a profit, you're not going to make one because you're going to spend all your time worrying about making your customers happy. And we've coached people who've been top producers selling 100, 200 houses a year that you know came to us because they had the realization that I'm working my butt off selling my life for real estate transactions, but I've never really pulled mm-hmm. any profit out of it. So it's a, re, it's a refocus. It's a rejiggering, really, of the way you think. But here's the thought. If you're trying to set goals for the month, or the, you know, assuming you're following your real estate treasure map, your business plan, and they're actually attached to real meaningful things that what you're going to do with the profit you earn from your transactions, then you're going to accomplish it because you've got real meaning behind it opposed to just some canned answer that you heard somebody else say. You know, So I really appreciate you sharing that, Julia. It was a really great point. Sure. Uh, so as far as like uh, – experiences that I've had uh, with coaching clients mm-hmm. uh, so far this week. It's only been a couple of days, obviously. I'll say, for the most part, um, what we're seeing and we're experiencing, and Julie and I have personal coaching clients across the country, if I'm to 
summarize, it's that everyone's business seems to be doing already a lot better than 2013. If you're willing to do the work. If you're not willing to do the work and go after it aggressively, so that's the other thing. You have to be more aggressive than you were in the past. Uh, so, for example, those of you who uh, have been doing short sales for a while, you know that there's lots of people pursuing those now, so you have to be more aggressive. Your competition has gotten better. Um, if you're doing things the way you've been doing them for years, it's not good enough this year. I think what I saw, what I'm seeing, is a lot of people that maybe were a little complacent in their skills, a little complacent in their lead generation spokes, who are quickly realizing that they need to adapt and change, and they are. And those who are, are already positioning themselves to make more money now than they maybe even did for the last couple of years. That's what I'm saying. The animal spirits seem to be returning to our industry, which I embrace, um, because frankly, you guys, when you're you know when you're feeling motivated, you do a heck of a lot better, and you make a heck of a lot more money, and that makes everybody happy. So, you know, all these wonderful things that are happening for the people that are actually making them happen, and it actually goes. This reminds me of a coaching call that I did this morning, and you know, it always comes back to this, Julie. Well, I don't mm-hmm. feel like doing the work, right? Well, I don't brother. feel I'm not in the mood. Or the question you have to mm-hmm. ask yourself is, you know. Do you only get results, really results that matter in your life and your business when you feel a certain way? You know, and if you ask that question, the answer is always going to be yes, unless you've actually become aware, self-aware, if you want to call it that, of the fact that success only comes when you're willing to do and you force yourself to do oftentimes what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. That's what it's all about right there. Right, and Tim, there's three parts to that saying. That's not, you know, people always get stuck on doing what you don't want to do. That's where they kind of get stuck with just doing, oh, my God, i got to do what I don't want to do. I don't feel like doing that, right? Right. No, there's more to it. When you don't want to do it, which is probably most of the time, and at a really super high level, which means you do things like you use scripts. You know, you do things like what we're going to talk about today, how to get unstuck with all these great motivational techniques that we're going to give them today. So that's, you know, I always I can hear them getting stuck. Oh, I got to do what I don't want to do. Look at all three parts of that saying. That's where success comes in. And here's the amazing thing too. This is another interesting call I had today. Is that this all comes back to how you feel? Everyone, please listen. Please, please, please listen. I beg you, honestly, please listen. If you only get results when you feel a certain way, that means you only get results in your business when you feel really motivated and really excited. Motivation and excitement, even you know, great material like we're going to present to you guys today and tomorrow, it only will last a short period of time. You're going to get what feels like a little caffeine hit, I guarantee it, from the content that Julie and I prepare to you and how we present it. You'll get excited. We've done it so many times. You know, It makes us excited. When we're excited, people get excited. It's just fun. That's what today's and tomorrow's radio show are all about, fun. But it doesn't last. Motivation, especially external motivation, only lasts a short period of time. And then if you've basically bought into the idea that you can only get results for yourself when you feel a certain way, i.e. motivated, then because of the fact that our feelings change so often, you're not going to get any results very often, are you? Think about that. How many times in just the short time that you've been listening to today's radio show have your feelings changed? <laughs> you know, How many times in this the past, what is it, 11 minutes, have your feelings changed? You've gone from happy, angry, sad, frustrated, a little bit hungry maybe. I mean, who knows what's going on with you emotionally? But notice 
and almost kind of laugh at the fact that your feelings are like a pinball popping around in the machine. That's called normal. That is called normal. Everyone has that. But what is for the exceptional people, the people that really want to go to the next level in their lives, not just make money, but that's our focus, right? But in all aspects of their lives, it's doing what they don't. Okay, Julie, here's a question for you, mm-hmm. just to make the point. Sure. So as some of you know, Julie and I have a newborn baby that we were uh, uh, blessed to adopt um, about 40 days ago. <laughs> 41 days ago, matter of fact. Yes, yeah, she's 41 so today. She, days. Yes, yeah, she's 41 <laughs> days today. So she's a beautiful little blessing from God, and that's really what she is for us. Changed our life in all in very, very positive ways after the shock and awe has worn off. So, Miss right. Julie, right? Mm-hmm. So, Julie, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. When it comes to taking care of our daughter, isn't that fun to hear me say that? By the way, it is. When it, com- when it takes, when it comes to taking care of our daughter, how often do you have to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level? Oh, like pretty much all the time. Not that I. It's not that I don't want to do the taking care of her. It's that inevitably she needs certain things that are almost always when I'm doing something else which is not her fault. She's a baby. Okay? <laughs> that's that's so, right. She's but, a baby. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, there's certain things in baby taking that, yeah, you absolutely want to do at a high level. Feed her the right amount, the right combination. You don't want to, you know, only kind of slap a diaper on, for example. you got to do things at a high level. She's a great coach that way, you know. And the difference, though, I think, between taking care of our daughter and what we had to do and have to do in real estate and even in coaching is that taking care of her, there's really no choice. There's no, there's no thinking about getting ready to possibly take care of her if I feel like it, right? She's Whereas hungry now. Whereas in real now. estate, it's different. Right, she's hungry now. That's it. I'm, I'm not going to – I tried for maybe two days to negotiate with her, but she always wins. So, you know, I, I kind of get through in the towel on that. Whereas in real estate, you, it's a constant you negotiation a... with yourself. Yeah. Jules, you did have a short run of trying to do some baby behavior modification too, which yeah, was which I have to out. say was quite humorous. No, that I'm didn't sure work out was. either. <laughs> yes, it was. So, it, so it tur- Julie was but trying to like coach her. that's a blessing because I you know, that's a blessing that I don't have the thing that you do in real estate where you know what if you don't do your lead follow up today, yeah, it's going to bite you 30 days from now, but really you don't have any immediate non gratification. You don't have any immediate repercussions like you do, say, taking care of a 41-year-old little girl. 41-day-old, 40, yes. For, I'm sorry, day-old. You said, you said you're old, yes. Okay, so the moral of the story here, guys, yeah. is keep this in mind. Please embed this in your brains. It's probably one of the most important things that we could ever hope to share with you is doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest at level. At a high level. Is, <laughs> at a high level. The highest level, even, is the secret sauce that some of you have been searching for. And, oh, That's my brilliant. gosh, that means... That means you're going to have to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. That is the secret sauce. That's the reason so few people really are very successful because so few people are actually willing to do work at that level. So we're going to take a quick break and going to give you the call-in information, how you can send Julie and I commercials, how you can send us (laughs) questions. And when we come back, we are going to get to our fabulous points, I'm sure you'll agree, on how to get unstuck when you're stuck. So we'll be back in about a half minute. You're listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. 
Are you ready to ask Tim and Julie your toughest real estate sales, business, or lead generation question? Call us now at 347-857-1195 or email your question to questions at realestatecoachingradio.com. Now, back to Tim and Julie Harris. Okay, we're back. Now, I think Julie and I wrote down 50 points. We're not going to be able to get through all 50 points today. Um, and I have to say, a lot of these points are random by design. What do I mean? Well, typically when you're presenting information, let's say if you guys were a live audience, we'd be working up to the great point. But you know what? We're not going to do it that way on the radio show. We're going to mix the points up. So some of them are going to be kind of common knowledge, common sense, that makes sense kind of thing, like you know stuff your mom would have told you to do. And others of them are going to be, ah, oh, interesting. So we're not going to let you know what comes next. You're just going to have to pay attention to every point. So without any further delay, we are really going to focus here. And the topic, again, of today's call is how to, today's radio show is how to get stuck when you're unstuck. And the first point is, ready, make a gratitude list. Keep a journal. Every morning and every night, update with what you're thankful for. Now, these, this is a concept that I know a lot of you have heard before. Or you've read it or you've heard other people say it. But you know how powerful that is? You know how powerful that is? very concept is is being thankful for your life no matter how challenging you think your life is there are things to be thankful for so people ask all the time how are you feeling and you know they're only passively listening and you know the answer the only answer you should ever give them is i feel wonderful because by saying that by showing gratitude for the day you immediately change your mindset so keep a gratitude journal Right now, I want all of you, seriously, absolutely positively, to tell me, say it out loud or write it down, or even better yet, call in or email in to questions at realestatecoachingradio.com. I'd love to read some of your comments. Tell us three to five things that you're thankful for. Three to five things that I want you to show gratitude for right now. Go ahead and do it. You know, Julie, let's do this live. Let's do this. You and I just do it back and forth, okay? So what are some things that you're... Uh, that you're thankful for? I am thankful that uh, you and I and Zoe are now communicating better than we did 30 days ago. I am thankful that we're both healthy. I'm thankful that you and I are both uh, healthy and exercising daily. Your turn. I am thankful that your mom is here to help us. (laughs) Yes, me too. We're calling her St. Rosemary. Okay, I am thankful for the wonderful home that we share I'm thankful for the fantastic business that we have and all the friends and the family and, you know, all all of our wonderful students that enrich our lives every single day. Well, that was a long list. You just took them on. I know, top that one. Cheating. Yes. Uh Well, I am thankful for the amazing view we have from our mutual office where we get to see incredible, inspiring nature and wildlife every single day. That's true. There was a big blue heron that was flying over our river behind our house yesterday. Julie and I do work from our house. I am thankful for your turn, guys. Three to five things. Write them down. Share with them your points. Questions at realestatecoachingradio.com. It your mindset. It did. So if you're not feeling great, if you're feeling whatever the negative emotion is, just in your mind or write it down even better in a journal, and you do it every morning and every day, every evening, the things that you're that you're really thankful for. It could be basic stuff, a new pair of shoes. You know, the orange juice that you just had. It doesn't matter. Don't overthink it. The well, very let me stop on this point for showing... a second. This, this is critical, okay? So sorry to interrupt you, but I had a coaching client pop into my mind. 
She's one of my newer coaching clients in Las Vegas. Three to four weeks ago, we had a call where it was all woe is me, everything's awful, and you know, she legitimately has had a very rough time of it in the past year. I won't go into detail, I won't use her name, but she has a quite a few legitimate reasons why she could be, you know, depressed, not motivated, etc. She's not making up baloney reasons, okay? Hers are for real. However, it was causing her to not make any money. She was stalled. She was stuck. And we started doing exactly this point, the gratitude. In her case, it's, it's not a journal. It's accountability from her coaching call with me. And every day, she tells me what she did to make money that day and what she's grateful for. And I'll tell you, in the past two to three coaching calls, she is like a different woman. It's incredible. Yeah. The transformation. Well, it's just a just shift doing of the mindset, this, isn't just it? in a little email. Yeah. It's a shift of the mindset. <laughs> so we're going on to our next point. Ready? And this is very similar to the first point, but here's our second point. Show gratitude towards others, Mr. Ventura. Show gratitude towards others. Write handwritten thank you notes to your customers, teammates, and family friends. Showing gratitude towards others, just the very action of writing a, a thank you note, or just the very action of actually going out of your way. And I personally have done this, and I do this often. So there are so many people in your life that have had a direct or indirect impact on your life a positive, direct, or indirect impact. The obvious ones could be a parent, a loved one, a coach, a mentor, your office manager, your broker. The not-so-obvious ones could be an author or um, you know, somebody who's maybe not intentionally said or done something that's benefited you, maybe a competitor, maybe a past client. doesn't matter. You need to write all those people down who've had a positive impact on your life, and you need to write them a note. You need to, before we left Ohio to move out west, this is almost 10 years ago, I literally did this exercise and I wrote a thank you note to every single person that had had a positive impact on Julie and I's life since we got married. And it was a long list. I was very, frankly, I was very blessed. But had I not taken the time to write that list, I wouldn't have been thinking in terms of all these people who have really, in some ways, gone out of their way to help us or gone out of their way to influence us in a positive way, or maybe basically because they were a real estate client, because I was able to learn some negotiating, or I was able to, you know, it doesn't matter. Anyone who's benefited you, you should really get in the habit of thanking. Overtly, not just in your mind, overtly. If the gal at Starbucks does a kick-ass job on your coffee when you go in there, and you see her or him on a regular basis, why don't you say thank you? I appreciate you. You do a fantastic job. If the other agent next to you is somebody that is, you know, encouraging you and really gives you occasional praise, you need to say thank you. I really appreciate when you take the time to give me praise or encouragement. It's very impactful. Set your ego aside. Set how you feel aside and start showing gratitude towards others. You get that back, some people call it karma. You get that back in so many different ways, but what you're, what you're doing in a very profound, deep, and meaningful way is you're rewiring your brain and how you think. That's the key thing, rewiring your brain and how you think. So our first point was you keep a gratitude journal and write down the things you're uh, essentially thankful for. And the second point was you start overtly being gracious and showing praise and showing thankfulness towards others in any form in which you deem necessary. Personally, I like handwritten notes because 
An email is too simple. A voicemail or a text is too simple. A handwritten note, who does that? Your mother and your grandmother. And that is what you'll remember, and that's what people will keep. People keep handwritten notes. People delete emails, don't they? And texts, I mean, what's that? So take You don't even know if they got it. (laughs) Exactly. So a handwritten note makes a huge impact. So Jules, what's the next point? All right, the next point is one of my favorites, so bear with me with this. This is really important. I've got some great examples. Avoid, quote, good enough with the things that matter. doesn't have to be absolutely everything, but the things that matter. For example, Eric Schmidt, the former CEO of Google, was giving advice to Sergey Brin, the CEO of Google, to be good, the new CEO of Google, to be good at five things. That was his advice. We also read this in the autobiography in the movie about Steve Jobs. His mentors told him to do the same thing. Choose a handful of things to be the best at. Now, in real estate, what are those things? They're very simple. Lead generation, lead follow-up, pre-qualifying, presenting, negotiating, and closing. That's it. Be the best. Don't just be good enough. You do your lead follow-up when you feel desperate. That's not even good enough. That's just desperate, right? Be really great at generating leads. We teach you a multitude of spokes in our coaching program. So if we're teaching you how to generate leads on Craigslist, be the best. And yes, that takes some tweaking and figuring out and following some coaching. Don't just try it out and dabble and be okay now and then at it. That's what ordinary struggling agents do. Be the best at your lead follow-up. Actually call people back immediately. That in itself so what are the makes fi- you best at that. Go ahead. So be the best at what? Lead generation. Right. Be and the really best we could at- theoretically stop at that because if you're not good at that, the rest of it doesn't matter. But be the best generation. at pre-qualifying. Mm-hmm. Be the best at pre-qualifying. Be the best at uh, presenting. Be the best at negotiating. Be the best at closing. Think about that. Those are the things that get you paid in real estate, right? So be the best exactly. at them. Those of you, again, this is so, so critical. It's absolutely critical. There's a word, some of you will know it, called myopia. Myopia, it means you have tunnel vision. Now, it's not something that you want necessarily for your eyes to have tunnel vision, but I want your mind to have tunnel vision. I want you to have such laser focus that when people run into you and they talk to you, they're like, what is up with her? She is so freaking intense. She is so focused. That's what you have to have. You have to have myopia on the goal. Laser focus, lockdown goal focus. Nothing is going to stand in between. You're not going to let your feelings or the weather or the political environment or the whatever it is, which we're getting to all that stuff in a second, media-free life. But myopia, absolute focus on what matters and all the rest of it, and remember, we're your business coaches. It's our job to help you make money. We're not talking about your family or your spiritual stuff or your physical stuff. We bring those things occasionally, but we're your business coaches. So we're here to focus you on making money. Making money, everything else will follow. If you're looking for balance in your life, start with your checkbook balance, right? Think about there that for go. a second. Yeah, exactly. So do what matters most. Those five things and be the best at them. That's really, I mean, Julie, I love that quote you, or that uh, Steve Jobs thing because I remember that in the book mm-hmm. and yeah. Walter Eikenson's book and the and the movies. Actually, we've watched like three now about Jobs, and that's what I remember when he the, in the movie, in the book, right, when he was hired back in to be the CEO of Apple, 
And Apple at that point was making all kinds of different crap. And I remember this in the Apple stores. You'd mm-hmm. walk in and it felt like Radio Shack. You remember? Right, right. And then he said, he said, what are we going to sell? We're going to sell the Mac. And I think maybe there was like one other thing. And all the rest of the junk, he said, we stopped selling. We're going to be the best at this. Nobody's going to come close to this. Let somebody else sell the wires and the printers and the paper and the toner That's cartridges. Right. We're and you remember the in the book where his dad was having him paint a picket fence? And From his both dad sides. said, you have to paint both sides. And he was like, why is that? Well, because we're going to do it right. We're going to do it right once. There's a way to paint the fence. It doesn't matter well, if he said, don't see the other side. And then when he, when, he took to, when he took to making iPhones and whatnot, and if you guys have read his bio or you've seen the movie, you know that he really pissed people off because he would be so particular about how something looked even on the inside, how something looked even if somebody else couldn't see it, even if the customer never appreciated how detail-focused he was about the actual end product, right? He had myopia yeah, I mean, on making at, the look best Look at the fonts. Icon. The fonts are what they are because he studied calligraphy. Who does that, yeah. right? Right. Because he wanted them to be the best. So in real estate, it is possible in your individual market, in your office, in your head, in reality, to be the best at generating leads, following up on them, pre-qualifying them, presenting, negotiating, and closing. You know, when you're presenting, are you walking to a listing presentation up to their door with the thought in your head that you are the best agent for the job of selling their home and you will be taking that listing unless there's something wrong with the situation? Or are you thinking, well, you know, I know if I go on four that it's good enough to take two and we'll just roll the dice and I've got a 50-50 shot. But, Julie, That's you know crazy, what the challenge right? You wouldn't take that from your the, kids. The <laughs> challenge that a lot of people have, if we're being honest, is they've never mm-hmm. been the best at anything. That's the truth. Right. That makes it a lot harder. Yeah. Right. If you've never been the best at anything, you know, it is going to be harder. But if you dig deep enough, you're going to find that you have been really good, if not the best, at some things in your life. And you can do it again. You can recreate it. But here's a little secret for you. You don't have to even have these big thoughts. You can just have the thought that today I'm going to make the contacts or I'm going to do the lead follow-up that I promised myself I was going to make, and I'm going to uh, do the best job I can at following up and using the scripts and pre-qualifying everyone. And when I get somebody, a seller, for example, that has to sell, I I'm going to listen to my coaches, and I'm absolutely positively not going to let that seller slip through my fingers because I know Tim and Julie's lead follow-up rule, and it's simply if they have to sell, you have to list them until one of two things happens. They list with you or somebody else, or they file a restraining order against you because you're being so aggressive with the lead follow-up. Yes, we're serious, but only kind of. I don't want you guys going to jail, but you get the point. That level. You know, Julie, I had a coaching call with an agent in Long Beach today. And he was telling me about two listing appointments that he had, um, kind of different scenarios, but both of them canceled on him. But both mm-hmm. the sellers, the houses were vacant. They're both run to water owners, and they both would eventually have to sell, right? So there's no question they're mm-hmm. going to have to sell. But I asked him after they canceled the appointments, one, he even went to the house, found out there was no one meeting him there. And the other, he made the mistake of saying, well, come to my office, whereas the reality of it is he should have gone to them. But that aside... So I was asking him what was going to happen with those leads, and he had no plans of following up with them. And I said, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? These are sellers that have to sell, right? And one of them was $450,000, and I put it into, perspective, into money perspective. Twelve, thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars $14,000 could be made just on one side of that transaction if you were to get the listing. So I said, listen, the fact is, is someone's going to make that commission. That house has to be sold 
and it has to be sold by you until one of two things happens. They list with you or somebody else, or they file a restraining order against you. So now what's your lead follow-up plan? And he said, I'm going to call them every other hour until they set an appointment with me again, until those one or two of those things happen. And that's the answer. Some of you guys who overanalyze, how long should I keep a lead? How long, you know, what's motivated, what's all that? We tell you that. Seller who has to sell, you have to list it or someone else lists it, or they file a restraining order against you. Hopefully that's crystal clear. So, Julie, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get to our next round of points. Everyone knows that real estate coaching can be expensive. Most coaching companies charge $1,000 a month and demand that you sign a long-term, ball-and-chain, 12-month contract. But what if there was a proven system that gave you the essentials to almost guarantee your real estate success? The marketing and lead generation systems, centers of influence and past client systems, business systems, scripts, and presentations, everything you need to dominate your real estate market. Real Estate Coaching Essentials is that system, and it's affordable for every agent who's ready to take their business to the next level. For a limited time, Tim and Julie Harris are offering this award-winning program for only $197 a month. You can enroll right now and receive the first seven days for free. That's right. Enroll today and take the next seven days to have complete access to everything you need to build a successful real estate business. Get started today at agentcoachingsecrets.com. Again, that's agentcoachingsecrets.com. Okay, we are back. And so the next point is a really fun point, but I was asked to remind all of you and uh, write this website down, freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Again, that's freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Preference is given to existing Um, coaching students of Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching, Harris Real Estate University, and those of you who are ready to become a coaching student of Tim and Julie Harris um, Real Estate Coaching, Harris Real Estate University. So if you'd like to request a free coaching call, go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com, and literally you can schedule your coaching call. Julie and I even put ourselves on the roster, so if you'd like to have a coaching call with Julie or myself, assuming there is space and it works with your schedule, go ahead and schedule yourself. There's nothing really else, nothing else to do. It takes you about two seconds. So go ahead and do that. And again, preference is given to existing students and those of you who are ready to become students. Free coaching calls for agents.com. So, Julie, the next point. <laughs> you know, it's funny to even read what I wrote down, but it's so critical because it's become almost the plight of everybody in America to feel like a victim. And if they don't feel like a victim, they're almost like social outcasts. Right, right. They're you have by to, something, victimized by something, right? Yeah, I mean, when is last, guys? When is the last time you ran into somebody who didn't have some story, you know, some reason why they can't fill in the blank? It the victim mentality. So, Jules, what's the point? All right. So the point specifically is stop being a victim of dot 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 the economy, the greedy rich. The liberal left, choose your scenario, right? Whatever it is, your situation, your upbringing, the fact that the market doesn't have any inventory for you because, you know, you haven't had any coaching about that lately, okay? Clean out any form of victim speak in your vocabulary, which starts almost always with, I can't, 
I won't, it's not for me, can't be in my market, whatever, okay, and start running the language of leadership and possibility. So Stop waiting you to got... feel something before you take action. It's related, so cut out the victimization garbage. So those of you with children, I want you to think about this for a second. So your son or daughter comes to you after not having cleaned their room, which is one of the things you ask them to do for like a month in a row. So their room looks like something from Land of the Lost. It's just an absolute pit. And this is the one responsibility you gave this son or daughter to do, and they still continuously don't do it. And the reason that they don't do it is because they're a victim of something. They're a victim of uh, organizational disorder. I don't know what the hell it is. Fill in the blank, right? So in other words, they have this nice excuse, whereas the reality is they just didn't want to do it. The reality is, is that they didn't want to do it. Not only did they not want to do it, but they found people and other sources of media to reinforce their victimhood. Victim mentality is something that's more per- pervasive in our, in our society right now than you think. It's not just someone saying, I'm a victim of a foreclosure, or no, if that was ever true anyway, or I'm a victim of you know, some crime, right? It's people who are now are thinking that they're victims of things that are completely out of their control, like I'm a victim of the president, or I'm a victim of Obamacare, or I'm a victim of the interest rates, or I'm a victim of the, economy. the tax rates. The economy is bad the economy. Right, exactly. I'm a victim of all these types of things. These are all the types of thoughts that people have who basically are choosing to be losers, right? Those of you who know us know we don't mix words. What's the point of being politically correct? What's the point of sort of frosting over and making the truth opaque? We need to be really clear. If, you're, if you have adopted a victim mentality, first step in getting over it is admitting it. How do you know if you've adopted a victim mentality? Do you use excuses to stand in the way of your life, of your goals, of being a great realtor, of being doing a great job servicing your clients? Are you blaming other people for not doing what you promised you would do? The commitments that you make are your character. How you follow through on the commitments that you make, that is the very definition of your character. Are you making commitments and you're just sort of crappily doing them because you're a victim because somebody was mean to you? Julie, in your coaching, in your daily personal coaching, if someone adopts a victim mindset, the sellers are mean, the scripts are too hard, I can't keep my schedule, I'm too busy, I have blah, blah, blah. How do you help them overcome that? Well, first I ask them how that's working out financially for them, (laughs) which is kind of severe, right? But I like to sort of cut to the chase with, okay, that's been your strategy. Is that working out for you? That's a serious question. I'm not just being flippant. Is that working for you? Because the answer is always no. It's always causing lots of fear and consternation and you know, not moving the transaction forward. And then I ask them, what should you be doing that will change the outcome? And we just cut to it, A, B, and C. And what's standing in your way from doing that? And if I'm really, depending on what the situation is, I'll make them do it on their coaching call. Yep. I can't right. because dot, dot, dot. Oh, I couldn't call expireds because I couldn't find the phone numbers. Oh, really? Let's look them up together. Let's find a phone number. And oh, all right, no, Julie, get that, your cell phone out. Is, Let's start dialing. Go ahead. There's nobody for me to call. There's no houses for sale. I'm a victim oh, yeah. of a lack of inventory. Oh, I my God. Really, people? Are you really still telling yourself that? So, again, <laughs> it's worth saying again and again and again to get into your head. By the way, listen to the radio show we did last week on creating your own inventory and finding the houses that are not in the MLS. As we know, in a lot of markets, there's a lot of listings that are pocket listings, which we talked about two weeks ago. There's a lot of movement that's happening in where 
you know, frankly, inventory is not showing up in the traditional way, so you better learn the new places to find homes for sale before your buyers find the homes for sale and ask you why you didn't show own. the houses to them, because that is what's going to happen. It's already happening, right? Think about this, guys. Are you a victim of the technology changing? Are you a victim of your age? Either you're too old or too young, too fat well, or too one. thin? I couldn't do it because my computer was broken all week. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. And here's okay, the really I'm not good sad with technology. Part. Anyway, go ahead. I could go Wait, on, but I this, won't. This whole, I know, but this whole victim mentality, guys, this is just a fad. It's a trend. It's trendy. This whole victim Mickey Mouse BS wasn't around in the 80s. It just wasn't. I don't remember it. Mm-mm. This whole I have a problem or this is my you know issue, this is my excuse for being a slacker, that is just a trend. Societally, here's a little forecasting for you guys, People are getting sick of it. People are avoiding news channels and they're avoiding people and they're avoiding all together the whole victim thing. It's played out. People are getting it, it's just it's over. So stop creating more of it by acting like it. Stop looking for people to reinforce why you're a victim because that's what a lot of you do. You you want to blame something external as your use it as your excuse for not doing the things you don't want to do when you don't want to do them. So you might decide to blame the, po- the politicians, or you might decide to blame it doesn't matter. And so what you'll do is you will subconsciously, or in some cases consciously, go and seek out things that will reinforce your being a victim. I, I have a coaching client, though he hasn't done this in about a year. What he used to do is he would kind of disappear for a while. And then I would say, Gary, are you reading and listening to all the extreme right-wing, you know, Oh, yeah, I know who you mean. Mm -hmm. Yes, talking about how the world's coming to an end, how we're all going to be living in caves, and how you better be buying more guns and ammo. Right, because he would basically start, you know, basically falling victim to that kind of thinking, and as a result of that, he would stop working and making himself money and helping people and helping his family. Which is kind of a self-perpetuating thing, kind of reinforcing where he started, right? So you can find, you know, if you want to act like a victim or feel like a victim, it's easy to find reinforcement. That's but right. But it's also easy so, to find reinforcement of success if you're looking in the right places consciously. That's right. Okay, so moving the conversation forward, Julie, the next point is a very simple point, but also I think it, it plays a lot into your character, and that's called being on time. Being on time. Talk about mm-hmm. that, would you? Well, so what does it say to someone when you're not – on time, or worse yet, not there at all. I actually had an interesting uh, conversation with your mom earlier today. She was calling, uh, she was actually calling, believe it or not, an agent to check on rental property. She was comparing prices on her rental, right? And she said, how can people not answer the phone and be always on voicemail? She tried this agent three times, okay? And this was coming from your mom, no coaching, no nothing. She just kind of said that in passing. We were doing a diaper together, and she said she was on the phone while I was doing that. She's like, how can people not show up? Right. A group diaper. <laughs> exactly. It takes, takes the three of us. So um, she said, I can't believe I've tried them three times. I have to keep on leaving messages. How do they expect to do any business? And I just said, so what, what are you thinking when that happens continuously? And she said, I wonder if they need my business at all. And then she said, and I wonder if I have ice in my gutters on my house and they're managing my property, I wonder if they're going to do anything about it. This is all what she came up with on her own because she hit voicemail. So not just show up on time, 
but be there. Who makes the sale? The person who is there when the prospect wants help, right? So I'll give you another example. Um, when you show up to a listing appointment, there are certain people who actually write down, and we used to see this all the time, who will write down, say they're interviewing three agents, they'll write down what time you showed up. Was your appointment at 5 and you got there at 5.37 and you didn't even call to tell them you were stuck in traffic? Or did you get there at 5 till 5? If there's a tiebreaker, who do you think is going to get that listing? There are well, people we used to who show keep up track early. that way. Yeah, you That's have right. to show we, up and early. We, and our personal coaching clients, we tell you guys to get there 10 or 15 minutes early. Surprise them with getting there early. And, and you know, literally, before you go in the house, you can uh, essentially get your mindset in the right place before you walk in the door and then knock on the door five minutes early. Really, literally, quite literally, show up early. Everybody else, every other realtor. So, again, the message that you're sending to the world by being late is that you don't give a crap and that you're not professional you and you're not organized enough and you don't respect their time. That's the message you're sending. And so you're saying to yourself, well, how does this help me to feel more motivated? Because by focusing on the needs of others, i.e. showing up on time, shifts your mindset. It shifts your mindset, and that in itself helps you to get unstuck. Little tiny things. We said these points are mixed up. We weren't kidding. All right, so the next point, I really like this point, uh, and this is also one of those little things that sneaks up on you. And it's very simple. Ready? Avoid criticizing anything or anyone. <laughs> right? Try wow, that. It's going to be quiet in some offices, isn't it? You know, but that's the truth. How much of our lives are spent criticizing other things or other people? Now, some of you, I just sensed it, are saying, I don't criticize anyone. I don't know what the hell Tim and Julie are talking about. But you just criticized us. <laughs> See how that happened? Literally. That was a trick. It was a trick. Check your mindset. See what you're thinking. How much time are you spending in your mind or externally criticizing other people, other people's thoughts, other people's thinking? I don't like that decision that the president made. It's just a crappy decision, and here's all the reasons why it's crappy. Maybe this is a conversation you have with yourself. Maybe it's a conversation you have with others. But just being in the act of criticizing is going to make you feel like crap. It does not make you feel better, more motivated. It makes you feel depressed. It makes you feel, you know, the, the whole, the, the being critical is essentially being negative. Being negative is an emotional state that if you aren't conscious of, you can stay negative. You become a negative person because of the fact that you are, again, I need to criticize. This is something, uh, you know, that's part of my nature. I'm just someone that can't keep their opinion to themselves. And otherwise, you're, in other words, you're a bit of a, an inconsiderate asshole, right? Yeah, well, it, it's a waste of time. doesn't get you anywhere. Some of you guys, you know, I always try and relate this to their daily real estate lives. How many times have you walked into a house showing it to a buyer, and you point out everything wrong with it? You're criticizing yeah. the house, okay? And, and or, when or they were listing, seeing all the possibilities. Right, right. yeah, you, you can absolutely overdo. You know, some agents think their job is to just come in and help the seller stage and see all the flaws. That's the fastest way to talk yourself out of the listing contract. That's right. You know, to come in so, and basically so bash their house. <laughs> so here's the, challenge. here's the challenge for you. Don't criticize anybody or anything. Stop doing it. Even if your opinion is asked, have something positive to say. Stop criticizing. If you find a flaw in something, keep it to yourself. Don't criticize. 
You're not helping anybody by criticizing, and mostly you're not helping yourself. Now, obviously, if we're talking about a home brochure and you paid somebody to fix the home brochure, that's that's doing your job. But in life in general, keep your comments to yourself. Just keep them to yourself because it really is circling the toilet bowl in your mind when you start allowing yourself to be a critic. Think about that. It's not that what you have to say isn't important and isn't valid, and some of you guys have really important and valid things to say, no doubt, but I don't want you to be thinking that your job is to be a critic. If Again, the topic of the call today, the topic of the radio show that's going to be today and tomorrow and probably next day, is how to get unstuck. In other words, how to be motivated every day. These are some ideas for you, and you guys can build on these ideas, but these tiny little seeds that hopefully we're planting and hopefully you're going to germinate are going to be impactful on your life for the rest of your life and maybe impactful on the other people that you come in direct contact with your coworkers, your clients, your family, other people you love, stop criticizing. Next point, Jules. All right, next point, and I wanted to make sure I was off mute. Yes, next point is to embrace the fact, and we've talked about this, and we probably will have this point on every coaching call, every radio yes, show. Yes, we will. <laughs> it's so important. Embrace the fact that success comes only when you are doing what you don't want to do, when you don't want to do it, at the highest level. Embrace that fact live that fact, come to terms with it. Oh, Julie, I just do not feel like doing X today. Oh, I just don't feel like it. Well, nobody asked you if you felt like it. <laughs> okay? Why are we why are we basing our income on our feelings? If you were to here's how I look at it, right? And I say this on my coaching calls, if you were working at Tim and Julie Harris company, where I said to you, you will earn, and I always pull out whatever their treasure map said, whatever their goal their was, business let's say, plan, right? you know, their business plan, let's say 250000 You were working for Tim and Julie Harris Co., and we were paying you a salary of 250000 And we said to you, in order to earn your 250000 you will do A, B, C, and D, which, of course, are always lead generation, lead follow-up, presenting, negotiating, and closing, something having to do with that, being that it earns money. Okay, You would say, okay. You wouldn't say, well, only do it if I feel like it, right? So why is or it you when you're fired. responsible for yourself, you don't do it. You only do it if somebody's telling you to do it. So you've got to embrace this and be accountable to yourself in the same way you would to a, quote, boss who was, quote, making you do it. You wouldn't come into that job, and good luck finding a job that just pays you two hundred and fifty grand, by the way, but... You wouldn't go to that job and say, well, you know, I'm sorry I was three hours late today. I just didn't feel like getting out of bed. You'd be fired. So why do you well, allow Julie, yourself to get away with it? You bring up a great point. And this is actually a coaching call, and I think he's listening, so I won't use his name, that I had mm-hmm. today with a newer coaching client, someone I'm personally working with. He's, I think um, he's going to work out to be a spectacular agent. So here's the call, nice basically. Compliment. He's yeah, I do. I honestly believe it's going to be spectacular because he's frosty, right? Frosty is mm-hmm. another Tim and Julie term, which means you know he's got the it factor. When given the opportunity, he does mm-hmm. not screw it up. So he, he's frosty. He's got it going on. So coaching call goes somewhat like this. I asked him to do, and this is maybe the third week in a row, some fairly basic things under the umbrella of lead generation. Well, he didn't do them. So mm-hmm. what – and so we then reviewed, okay, it, so these things were overwhelming him. They were feeling, you know, he basically he was feeling overwhelmed by his business in general. He took two listings since our last call. You know, he didn't do some of the things that he wanted to do. He, just all these things were going on in his mind. So at that very moment, he was feeling overwhelmed. So then I asked him the question, so what in your life in the past, 
where have you felt successful? Where have you experienced success? Didn't even blink. Told me, you know, it was track and field. He's also currently in the military. You know, he's a reserve person. He's been, he's the top, basically top drawer in all things that he's really focused his mind on where, tying it in with Julie just said, somebody else is telling him what to do. So mm-hmm. he said he's a very good rule follower, which he obviously is. But when given the opportunity to be his own boss, whereas no one was really telling him what to do, all of a sudden he feels overwhelmed. It's interesting. Hmm. It is very so in interesting. A situ- well, it's really, it's, like, it's kind of like you, for example. In an orchestra where you had a very dictatorial conductor, generally speaking, you're a- you, you get the best results out of your playing, correct? True, yeah, absolutely. It's very simple. <laughs> yeah, you have you to practice, do the you individual. You perform, you get fired. It's Great. Clear. So if... So if you don't have somebody that's being uh, your boss, that's telling you what to do, everyone has a tendency to slack. The key is in this business, obviously hire a coach is one of the quick answers, but the key in this business is to be able to hold yourself to the minimum standards every single day, which is going to be our next point, Julie. Can we talk about minimum standards? Mm-hmm. It's going to be able to hold yourself to the minimum standards that you set for yourself every day and have those minimum standards be working hand-in-hand with your goals based on your real estate treasure map, your business plan, you see? So even if you're not used to working independently as an independent contractor, as a business owner, you still you're, you're not going to allow that one thing, the fact that you don't have someone telling you what to do. Again, I'm going to say this because it's so important. Hire a coach because trust me, Julie and I and our other coaches will tell you exactly what to do and hold you accountable to what you say you're going to do. But for those of you who aren't ready for coaching yet or those of you who have a coach that's not holding you accountable, learn to do it yourself. Adjust to the concept of having at least three to five daily minimum standards and those become the standards in which you conduct your business by. At the end of every day, those three to five things will be the things that determine your daily success. And again, those things, as Julie's about to present, are the things that are designed in, uh, basically uh, in alignment with your overall plan. So Julie, next point is daily, have daily minimum standards. So daily minimum standards you all already have in your personal life, things like hopefully getting up at the same time every day, certainly basic things like taking a shower, brushing your teeth, taking your vitamins if that's what you do. You do certain things, right? You keep gas in your car, basic stuff that you don't even think about anymore. It's just who you are and what you do. So you've got to translate that thought into your real estate practice. And my most salient example that I am very hardcore on with all of my coaching clients is you absolutely have to be relentless on your lead follow-up with urgency every single day. You should not be able to live with yourself, quote, going home or calling it quits for the day if you have not returned all of your lead follow-up calls 100% and set the appointments that you should be setting. For me, as your coach, if I am your personal coach, I would not consider that you have, quote, worked that day if you haven't been relentless about your lead follow-up as a daily minimum standard. Now, well, that's you can an have example. Other, go ahead. Yeah, that's well, that's an example, right? So that would be an example of a daily minimum standard. Every single lead that you have to have, uh, that you have, uh, it, that follows the, or essentially what def, what we define as a lead and what you will define as a lead when you're one of our personal coaching students, essentially there's specific rules. It's not just because they showed interest in the house. They have to essentially have to pass through certain filters before they actually make to your desk as what we'd consider a lead. Every one of those has to be called every single day, not emailed, not texted, called, on the phone, not Facebooked, 
communicated on the phone every single day, and we tell you what to say. We tell you how to basically make someone who's a great lead into a closed transaction because you're not in the business of gathering leads. You're in the business of gathering paychecks that hopefully lead to a profit, that are designed to lead to a profit. So other daily minimum standards would be a certain number of contacts every single day. It would be maybe, not maybe, it would be exercising every day. A daily minimum standard would be showing gratitude every day and keeping a, a gratitude journal. A daily minimum standard might be, you know, basic stuff like writing five thank you cards. A daily minimum standard might be you fill in the blank. Those are your daily minimum standards. A lot of people are going to have meditation on there, which is great. A lot of people are going to have, I mean, what are the other daily minimum standards that you prescribe to your clients, Jules? I kind other of daily minimum, yeah, <laughs> would be uh, touching your spokes. You know, we teach you multiple spokes in the wheel. Touch each of your spokes daily, which means if you claim that you, uh, I keep going back to Craigslist because I just did some calls on that. Um, if you claim that Craigslist generates leads for you, are you actually looking at your ads, the results, returning all of your leads, and tweaking those ads until they give you results, or did you just dabble in it for a couple of seconds and hope for the best? If you claim that expireds are one of your main sources of business, or you're at least learning to make them that, are you calling them every day? Are you doing something about that? So daily minimum standards, it doesn't have to be 50 things that you do, but it should be a handful of things that make your business tick and that make you tick, right? So if you know that you feel better when you go on a 20-minute walk every morning, that should be a daily minimum standard. If you know that talking to three past clients before you prospect anyone else makes your calls better, that should be a daily minimum standard. So they're different for everyone, but what's not okay is to not have any. It's interesting, isn't it? So there's lots of ideas that we can have for you as far as daily minimum standards. You have to make the list of three to five things. And, again, the idea is at the end of the day, when you're sitting at home with your family or you're sitting in on your lanai, if you're in the south or your deck, if you're in the Midwest or wherever you are, and you've got that glass of red wine, and all of you should be drinking one glass of red wine a day, assuming that you're drinking alcohol, and you're enjoying the day and looking back on what you've accomplished, you can say to yourself, whether you had a closed transaction or not, I did my daily minimum standards and I deserve to relax. That puts an end to the real estate night sweats. Then you don't have to have those anxiety attacks then you can actually be grateful and, and show gratitude towards the great day that you had. So we're running a little low on time, guys. We are going to pick up where we left off yesterday. We have quite a few more points. I'm sorry, pick up where we left off today. We have quite a few more points to share with you. Listen, we really show in gratitude, right? We have gratitude for all of you. There's thousands of you who have listened to our past radio shows. There's thousands of you who will listen to this radio show in the future. Thank you. Thank you for allowing us to at least have the opportunity to have a meaningful impact on your your business and your personal life. Thank you, and I mean this with as much sincerity as I possibly can, for all of you who have chosen us, hired us to be your personal coaches. Thank you for the honor of being your coach. There is Honestly, there's no greater purpose that we could be doing with our professional lives than what we're doing, and we are very, very grateful that you're allowing us to do it. There's thousands of you that are involved in one of our coaching programs. And we're we're absolutely 100% grateful to all of you. We don't take any of you for granted. And especially personal coaching clients, anyone who's a coaching client of our business, if you need a free coaching call, free coaching calls for agents.com, free coaching calls for agents.com. And we really appreciate you listening today. Your homework is, like always, share the radio show with other folks so we can continue, hopefully, doing this great radio show for all of you into the future. And have a fantastic day.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.